This is an Area Code podcast. LeBron, as soon as that buzzer sounded, your emotions let loose. Can you describe what you're feeling right now? I set out a goal two years when I came back to bring a championship to the city. I gave everything that I had. I poured my heart, my blood, my sweat, my tears to this game. And against all odds, against all odds, I don't know why we want to take the hardest road. I don't know why the man above gives me the hardest road, but it's nothing the man above don't put you in situations that you can't handle. And I just kept that same positive attitude, like, instead of saying, why me? They're saying this is what he want me to do. And uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Welcome back to Feel for the Game, the sports podcast where we talk about our feelings. I am Nick. And I am Noah. And we're back. we're back. How how does it how does it feel to be back? How, how are you feeling right now? This a man that was involved in the game we're gonna talk about today, Anderson Farajal. I kind of feel like him. Like, why yeah. am I still here? Like, what am I chasing? Like, I don't I don't know why I'm on this team anymore. But we're here, and the season begins. <laughs> Gotta get <laughs> to work. As as the as the teammate on the other side of, of that statement, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> it's part of me is like. Well, to be fair, you're like you're like the Drunas Logauskas in this situation. So I think well, we're both on the same page. We're off on why, we're why off to I a com- bad start here. Why did I compare us both to giant white men in the NBA? Yeah, I'm not sure. And they both play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, the team that we're going to talk about today. But well, no, in this episode, Verichau played for the Warriors. But oh yeah, you're right. You're right. He gets a ring regardless, but he played for the Warriors during this yeah. uh, game. Anyway, before before we get into the topic today, let's just it's been a while. Don't say it's it. I know you been a while. <laughs> let's let people know what to expect for for feel for the game season two. What are what are we going to talk about? What are we going to get into this this time around? Is that a question? Are you asking me? Yeah, I was teeing oh, you. Okay. I was throwing. I was throwing the alley oop. Yeah, I'm. I'm out of. I'm out of practice. That that sailed into the third row and hit some old lady with her popcorn. Um. So here's what one thing that you can expect: new segments, better segments, more consistent segments. We have segments that we think are a lot better that we're gonna work through, and I think it'll just make the episodes uh a lot more fun. Another thing that you can expect. The first, the, the, the in-between episode we did, our little exhibition about the Kansas City getting blown out in the Super Bowl. Our warm-up, if you will. Our warm-up, if you will. Layup this line. Is, that was a layup line. This is like, I was going to say, this is like in college sports, college basketball, a lot of teams will take trips over the summer and do exhibitions against like foreign teams. Yeah. This is like us going to Italy and playing like some random school. And you'll notice that we talked about football. Well, guess what? We're done. No more football talk basketball only for season two with an asterisk there's an asterisk there and i'll let nick tee you up on that on the asterisk but for the most part we're getting 10 basketball episodes this season except when we pull in some some guests uh onto the podcast 
So if you guys don't know, we feel for the game is a part of Area Code um, Podcast Network. Uh, so there's a few other shows on the network uh, that are not sports related at all. But we got a few sports fans that host a few of those shows. So we're going to pull in some guests here and there. And we're going to let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. Because we want to know what were the moments in their sports journey as a fan or as a player that really impacted them. So if they want to talk about Drew Brees, as much as I hate talking about Drew Brees, <laughs> we're going to do it. So that's where we're at with that. We're hoping to expand this the show a little bit, obviously, just in having guests. But even expand the reach of it maybe by having people from different podcasts and different networks on. So before we get into the topic, how, like Noah, how are you doing? Are you, are you feeling good about talking about basketball moving forward? Where where are we at here? I can talk basketball all day, every day. As long as you allow me my college references and callbacks. Cause we're going to, I feel like when we planned the season, only two or three were college, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we're not going to talk about college a ton, but we'll get there. We'll get some college okay. basketball in there. So as long as whenever we're talking professional, like I already made my first Kansas reference when I talked about James Naismith briefly. Um, <laughs> I just those need to, those are still going to be happening. Yeah, but if you're listening to the first episode of season two, I'm giving you a challenge right now. Um, as you listen to the podcast, hopefully you stick around. Keep tally of how many times Noah makes a Kansas basketball reference. And then when the season's, when we get to the end of the season, DM us on Instagram or figure, figure out how to reach us and, and let us know how many times he, he reaches, uh, he, he mentions Kansas basketball. We, we need to come up with an over-under or, or some kind of jar system or Where? something. Let's say this, let's say this. this. We're for, we for sure have 10 episodes that are basketball related. And then at least maybe two or three guest episodes. So let's just say we're going to have 15 episodes this season. The, I'm going to put the line at 25. That was my basketball number in high school. So that, that's just, we're going to run with that. 25. So almost one and a half references to Kansas per episode. We're already at one five minutes into this episode. I'm taking the over for sure. I think that, I think that's going to be, yeah, yeah, probably an easy over, honestly. I think the, the yeah. line should be like, maybe 40 if we're being oh, realistic that's about brutal. it that's brutal that's two and a half an episode but real quick here why why 25 why'd you pick 25 in high school uh the the jersey number yeah yeah uh the big reason was my guy danny manning oh does this count as a kansas reference yeah got him oh, we're already got him. two got him there we we're go already you, two, so you gotta move the, that line to 40 it was mainly danny manning who was the the reason that Kansas won the 1988 championship. Uh, and then Does that also, count as another one? No, this is all it's <laughs> encompassed under the one reference. Because him and then I really liked whenever I was actually watching Kansas, Brandon Rush, who was also number 25. And he actually may have, he was on one of the Warriors teams that won a championship. He may have been on this team, riding the bench. I don't Didn't play. But he, but he may sucker. have been on, he may have been on this team. Um, sucker. He's, he's by yeah, a loss. That's, that's not true. <laughs> Well, that's a perfect segue for us to go ahead and just get into our first segment of the day called What's the Score? Rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out. Throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And we'll go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. He didn't know the score. I think exactly. That's a bad 
this is where we just basically set the stage for what we're talking about. Today, we are going to discuss briefly, but hopefully deeply and personally, the Game 7 NBA Finals 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers versus Golden State Warriors. Very iconic final series. Very iconic Game 7. Maybe the most iconic Game 7 in NBA history, at least modern day NBA history. Um, we're going to get into it and we're going to focus on the block uh, at the end of the game. LeBron James chased down block on Andrea Godala. But we're also just going to recap the game briefly and just share some of our favorite moments. So, um, my I, I'd like to start because Noah, I turned this, I rewatched this game and I. It was a, it's a weird thing, and I've rewatched this game a number of times, and it happens every single time. I get chills in the first quarter, mm-hmm. like I get I get chills rewatching the game, and they don't die off until the second quarter starts. And I think part of it is you 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 the game starts, and every single possession, like the stadium is just losing its mind. Like these people are going crazy and it's almost like hard to comprehend that right now because we're living in COVID pandemic era and stadiums can't even be full at this point. But like I get chills rewatching the first quarter of this game because every single moment, every possession, every pass, every turnover, every shot that goes up, every rebound, like the fans are going crazy. It's like you can even even as a, a viewer behind a TV screen, you can sort of feel the energy. And I don't know, like that was the first thing that jumped out of me when I rewatched this. And there's so much more to this game, but that that always stands out. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. That for right now, let's just do a. Brief, I want to do a, just a brief, like let's set the stage for everyone, and then we can explain maybe why that first quarter felt the way that it did. Yeah, yeah. So for those who are unaware, this is the year that the Golden State Warriors broke uh, Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls record of 72 wins and 10 losses they went 73 and 9 they're in the championship game this game is being played at oracle arena which is the golden state warriors home court the golden state warriors warriors were up three to one in this series it is now obviously three to three so they had a commanding lead no team has ever come back from a three to one deficit in the championship series on the back of LeBron, but obviously Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, uh, even Shumpert and J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson, Jeff Richard Jefferson, climb back to. A, I love how uh, you're naming two. all these players. Hold up, I love how you're naming all these players. Like they actually meant some something to this whole thing. Like at the end of the day, this is just a day, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving situation. This Cavs team no. is not good. This Cavs team is not good. That's not true. I'm tired. Kevin Love is helpful. Kevin Love's helpful on that team. He's doing work. I think he's still an all-star that year. And Tristan Thompson is like when you watch that game, they don't win without Tristan Thompson in the paint. We're not we don't need to shout out Iman Shumpert and Richard Jefferson. Disagree. Actually, I don't like Richard Jefferson, so I'm okay not name dropping him. But anyway, all I'd say they they get two games in a row, are now trying to win their third on the road. They're coming off of a game six where like Steph Curry gets ejected and has a lot of foul trouble. Draymond Green is coming off of a suspension in game five, I believe. Game five, yep. Because he yep. keeps kicking dudes in the nuts whenever he jumps in the air. Um, 
But yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And so it, to focus on the actual moment that we're going to be getting to, the block, which I'm actually going to kind of, I'm going to say we're focusing on the sequence. So the block happened at 150. Yeah. So from 150 on, I'm just going to call it a sequence because you have the block, then there are two empty possessions, a timeout, the Kyrie Irving shot. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. Followed by Kevin Love's surprisingly stifling defense on Steph Curry. (laughs) And then a couple other, like one or two other plays happen. Game's over. Cleveland wins. Yeah. So there's your there's there that's the score. Final score 92 93, I'm sorry to 89. There was a free throw made by LeBron. Final score yeah. 93 89. That's Shocker. the score. Shocker that LeBron made some free throws. Shock and all. He makes one free throw. He misses the front end of uh of two shots. That's the, that is the overhead view. We've shared with you the score. We've shared with you what exactly has happened. Now let's get into yeah. the second segment, which is called the press conference. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That was a great recap. Uh, I'm still mad that you shouted out uh, two bum-ass role players. Buddy, you just wait. I've got two names written down on my little note thing here. (laughs) <laughs> take a guess or warriors player take a guess on what two players i was gonna make a reference to uh, from this game oh you're gonna definitely conference. talk about you're definitely gonna talk about sean Livingston. nope shout out peoria not him really nope, not andre so, Iguodala. shout out springfield so you're talking about harrison barnes nope get out of here iowa city I have don't no idea. care this, played at the same this... college here's a third kansas reference played at the same co- high school as kirk heinrich nope get out of here this game is less fun because i've gotten them all wrong <laughs> I have Festus Azili and most fates written down on my notes right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of our favorite moments from this game. I already yeah. kind of shared a little bit, like just that first quarter. Yeah. The chills that you get watching. I dare you, if you're listening to this, I dare you to go rewatch this game. And if you don't feel something from the very beginning of the game, I would maybe say go to the doctor and yeah. get a so, physical or something. So Nick, let me. I want to piggyback off of what you were saying earlier about that because that is what so in the press conference right this segment we want to talk about like he said why we like this moment why this moment means a lot to us yeah and i'm not a big lebron fan not a big steph fan what i love about this game is the nostalgia i feel when i watch it and that's because this game and what you're talking about with the first quarter and the and the, the 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 goosebumps you get and everything this just feels like a huge high school basketball game to me. Like, I feel like I'm watching two really good rivals play each other in a conference matchup, or I'm at a regional championship game where you have two just really good teams and the fans are super into it. Like, that, that the crowd at Oracle Arena that game is like unlike almost any other NBA mm-hmm. crowd I've ever seen. Like, they're yeah. super into it. Yeah. These are professional basketball players. The nerves that they're displaying... Like, they're nervous. Like, you can tell. And that's why I have Festus Azili written down. He starts for the first time in the series and immediately misses, like, two bunnies. Just, like, can't <laughs> get a shot to fall. But then there's also, like, really sloppy turnovers. Harrison Barnes just makes one shot and then is just like, I'm the best player there is. Proceeds to miss, like, seven in a row. Draymond Green catches fire, which is like, if you ever go to a high school we- game, there's always that one dude who shouldn't be playing really well. 
Can we talk about this for a second? This dude making every shot he throws up. Like, it's just ridiculous. I don't remember. I... Everyone remembers the block. Everyone remembers Kyrie's shot. People remember Kevin Love's defense on Steph Curry. All the things that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. I do not remember Draymond Green going, what, six for six in the first half? He goes five for five in the first half. So he ends the game with 32 points. He goes five for five in the first half. He comes out in the second half and hits his first three. I think mm-hmm. he goes, I think he starts the game yeah. six for six from three. And if you, for context, if people don't, um, aren't familiar with Draymond Green like this is a guy who is primarily known as a really amazing defender a really good passer um he's not known for his scoring and so this is Mm -hmm. like this is an anomaly of a of a scoring performance for him and so if you watch the game it's mind-blowing the announcers at one point say that he had missed his last 10 threes before he hit the first one that he makes yeah so out of nowhere that's what I'm saying like that's where Whenever I watch this game, I get such big high school feels because I can think of the games that I was involved in or that I watched. And just being in those gyms, being in that atmosphere, because there's nothing like like a really important high school basketball game where everybody is just super into it. The stakes are high. There's like there's nothing like it. It's just a unique experience. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, like Festus Azili is that football player who's on the team because he's just a big dude, he's just but big he misses all the shots, and they're just like, all right, get him out of there. We need someone who's not nervous right now. That's the nostalgia. That's why I care about it so much, is that I am able to connect to it in ways where it just reminds me of, like I said, games that I've played in, games that I watched in, at Lewiston. Yeah, it's, it's just a really fun game, and the crowd is a big part of it. The, the way the players interact with each other and the nerves that they have are a big part of it. Yeah. And, 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 and it goes without saying another reason that we're talking about this is this is history. This is NBA history. This is a moment that is going to be remembered forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there are moments in sports that sometimes are really significant to a specific fan base, but like this game this was just NBA fans, sports fans in general across the world. We'll, we'll remember this game. We'll remember these moments. And so, yeah. another I mean, reason is, we're talking about this, this is probably this the is, best. This is probably the best game of like, uh, for sure, the 2010s. This is the defining yeah. game of the 2010s, yeah. for sure. So here's another thing. Let me let me let me let me toss this at you. We're in the press conference. Let me let me pitch something at you, Nicholas. I'm using your full name. Come serious right now. Oh, uh, it's about to get real. Not really. This is kind of a joke too. But it's something that I I literally had this thought while I was watching it, and I was like, I'm gonna bring that up. The reason this is so big, and such an important moment to sports, and just why people should care about it in general. This is like a perfect story. This is like an archetype of a story that you would read. This is Shakespearean. You have LeBron, the king. At his, he's come home finally. The king has returned. The return of the king. He went, he went off to the distant Facts. land and Facts. learned what he needed to learn. He came back home. And now he's being threatened by the big evil army that is unstoppable. Like it doesn't suffer defeat. And they're just like here to destroy and demolish everything in their path in an effort to take over the LeBron's world. LeBron's the good guy of the story? Yes. He's the king. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. He's he the could, king. He's the, he's, Listen, I no, always no, imagine, no, I, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to break up your story, <laughs> but the Warriors are like, everyone loves the Warriors. Like, they are the face yes. of good Nick, guys. Nick, 
Uh, I'm ruining your story. Pe- I know. People don't people don't love Draymond, so easy. Let me come back to this. So the king went, had learned what he needed to do, comes back, is defending his home against the bad guys. The invading army. And they get down. Right? They they just like any like that's the climax, right, of any yeah. story. Like yeah. you have to find yourself in a hole to dig yourself out of it. They've dug themselves out of the hole. And then the king has his big moment. But then the twist is that he's not the one that has the dagger. Like, the person who kills them are his two, you know, his it's two It's a bait and switch, man. You gotta... It's the old bait and switch. So, like, oh. it's literally, like, if we, like, if that were written into a story, like, imagine that's, like, a fantasy story. That's Game of Thrones level. The, the way that this plays out, it literally does feel like the archetype of different stories of... The king returning home, defending his home, you know, triumphing over the invading army, solidifying his place to his kingdom or to his people that he is, you know, their savior, which is what people of Cleveland thought whenever the hometown kid gets drafted uh, and finally delivers on his promise to, to take him to the promised land, right? This is literal storybook stuff that is happening. This is, if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver... 2016 NBA Finals is a dream come true. Like, this is exactly what you want. If this were a fantasy story where LeBron is an actual king and Steph is in, like, the Warriors, our literal warriors that are invading, people would line up down the block to watch this movie. Noah's Noah's first novel comes first. My first novel, it's the novelization of the 2016 Finals, and I just make it into a fantasy setting. Let's move on to some of our fun more low-key topics we got our, our segments we have uh we're talking about practice i supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice i mean it, listen we're talking about practice not a game not a game not a game we're talking about practice inspired by the one and only pound for pound greatest of all time alan iverson uh famous interview where if you Go back and learn about that interview. He was dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, off there the court, was some stuff going so. on. We, it's we look at it as a joke, but yeah, it, it's not it, a joke. Yeah, he was anyway. he was expressing how he felt. Guys, listen to the man. Okay, this is where we describe in four words how this game made us feel. Um, I'm gonna go first. I don't like mine. I don't like mine. It's not as it it, it doesn't have a zing to it, but I, I think mm-hmm. it's true. Edge of my seat. I was on okay. the edge of my seat the whole time from the very tip of the game there's not a moment that i think you get to breathe as a as a viewer and i can't even imagine i mean it would be so much that would be amplified so much more if i was a warriors fan or a Cavs fan right so um to even just be a spectator that didn't have a rooting interest i was on the edge of my seat yeah for sure i yeah i think anyone who's watching this game like i remember how i remember watching it the first time and yeah, like the entire time you're sitting there like, what the hell is going to happen next? Because there's just so many good plays. Like mm-hmm. someone hits a three and then on the fast break, there's an and one layup that is just like a ridiculous shot that goes in and you're you're cheering with the crowd or you're booing with the crowd or whatever. It's just, yeah, just a fun game. I agree. You're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Here's my four words. Goats doing goat things. <laughs> I love that. And that's just LeBron. Doesn't really shoot all that well. He, he only makes like one jump shot in the entire game, but he still ends up with a triple double. Yeah. 
and the block is what people remember. Irving drives, hop step inside, floats it up, misses, rebound taken by Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! LeBron James And if you watch that play, he's on the left side of the court. The ball gets passed over to Iguodala on the right side of the court. Who's probably he, already like 15 or 20 feet in he, front of him. He's like a step in front of the free throw line at this point, probably. Yeah. When he catches it. Maybe free throw line extended. LeBron is like just inside half court. Just a little bit ahead, maybe at the three-point line. Iguodala gets it. So he is chasing down Steph. Ball gets passed. He then has to cross the court. And luckily, J.R. Smith is there to make Iguodala do a double pump. Because without the double pump, it's either doesn't get blocked or it's a foul. But he has to double pump because Smith is there to contest. Mm-hmm. And LeBron somehow is able to track it down like a freaking lion chasing an antelope and just erases any hope of them taking the lead. And then Kyrie hits the big shot. Kevin Love stifles Steph. And then LeBron tries making the new best play in NBA history when he tries to just absolutely behead Draymond Green on a dunk and tip with like 10 oh, seconds man. left. That would have been amazing. But then he, I'm makes glad, the free I'm, th- then he makes the free throw to, to ice the game. He makes it a four-point game, and it's over. I'm glad you went there. Go, uh, you know, go doing goat things because it, it, we, we need to give LeBron his flowers while, while he's here, right? Like, a lot of people like to try to take credit away from LeBron in these big moments. They try to, to say, oh, he's not clutch. He's not this. He's not that. I mean, this guy is the second greatest basketball player we've ever seen do it. You can make the argument, Jordan or LeBron, but like we know for sure they're one and two. If he's not whatever, one, he's two, yeah. Whatever order you want to go in, we know it's one and two. So let's give the man his flowers while we're here, while he's here. And let's understand too that like being clutch is more than just taking the last shot. Mm-hmm. And And I want to call out a moment that happens a little bit before the block, which is the game is 86-89. It's about five minutes left. And, uh, well, actually, before that, taking a step back, it's 83-89. LeBron is on the left side of the court. I think Azealia is guarding him, and he, he's at the three-point line. He pumps fake, he pump fakes, gets Azealia in the air, draws the foul, goes to the line and makes some free throws, and then the next possession down, same spot, doesn't pump fake, just pulls up and nails a three to tie mm-hmm. the game up, 89-89. So when people, you know, people like to say LeBron's not clutch, all of this, but that like that is clutch. Like that's yeah five six minutes left in the that's game. A, You're making triple plays double like that. in a game seven is clutch. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm glad you went there. That's a much better four words than I picked because LeBron needs his flowers while while he's here. The block is amazing. We've seen him do it. He's he's known for chase down blocks, but I mean at that level, at that point of the game, it, it's kind of insane that it happened. And I don't know. You don't have to take the last shot to be clutch. I just think that's yeah important. To say Michael, if you are if M- you're playing MJ, basketball, MJ let Steve Kerr shoot the final shot. Okay, yeah, hundred percent. If you're a basketball player at high school, whatever level, college. If you, I don't know. You probably don't want our advice if you're playing in college because yeah, if you're in college, you, don't listen. Middle school, you high school, it. you shouldn't be listening. But sometimes making the right play is more clutch than just taking the last shot. Yeah, that's the takeaway. College players probably didn't need to know that because you guys made it further than we ever did. So, uh, okay. All right, let's jump to the next segment. Timeout. Timeout. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked, and the referee missed it. 
Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he calls it too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't have any. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's good. Here's what we're going to do in timeout. We're going to take that sequence that I keep bringing up. Not just necessarily the block. So we can do the block. We can do Kyrie Irving's shot, which we haven't really gone into. It was 89-89. Kyrie Irving gets Steph Curry switched on to him and just does Kyrie Irving things with the ball. Just fantastic handles, step back, nails the three to take the three-point lead. Just beautiful basketball, poetry in motion. So the block, and then the third one is Kevin Love's... um, Kevin Love just locking up Steph Curry, which the reason that's important to people for people to know is Kevin Love is like six foot ten, slow footed big man. Steph Curry is not those things. <laughs> and really it should have just been a really easy it should have been a lot easier for Steph to get a clean look off. But Kevin Love did a very good job of keeping him in front and forcing a, an awful shot. And just for fun, Nick, I'll let, let's put this out there just in case you want to do this. The next sequence is the one, like I said, where LeBron goes up for what would have been one yeah. of, if not the best dunks in basketball history, but he gets fouled, and so he can't put it away. So if you, just in case you're wanting to be get to the mind of LeBron or Draymond or someone during that dunk, let's make that part of the sequence as well. All right, so, are we gonna are we gonna improv this whole thing in the offense? Is that how this is gonna work? Let's pretend they go back to the huddle after Kevin Love gets the stop on Steph Curry. What's what's the Cavaliers what what are the Cavaliers playing players saying to Kevin Love? Okay, okay. Kevin here Love. here we go. I'm J.R. Smith. I'm J.R. Smith. You're Kevin Love. I'm gonna ask you about that possession. And then we'll we'll do role reversal. I'll be Steph Curry, you be Steve Kerr. And you ask me about that that possession. You wanna try it? Oh man, we can't. This isn't gonna be fun for anybody. This is either gonna be really fun or really bad. It's already really bad. I'm trying to think of a really good Kevin Love nickname that J.R. Smith would call him. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call so you. Bad. I'm gonna call you K Dog. Okay, K Dog. So you you get you get switched off on that possession. What are you thinking, Steph? Steph, you're staring Steph in the face. What were you thinking? What were you doing out there? I wasn't staring him in the face, and I wasn't thinking. I blacked out. I. The moment got to my head. You blacked just, out. You I played just, great defense. Yeah, I, I imagined that he was one of my children, and I just played defense on him like I do when I'm playing Nerf pickup with my kids. K-Dog, we, you don't have kids? You don't have kids? What are you talking about? And we've never seen you. Do I not have children? Out. Do I not have kids? You don't have kids. You sit at home, and you're really depressed. You tell us that all the time. Whoa. <laughs> Parents can be depressed too, JR. Uh, I wouldn't know. Do I really what? not have children? You don't have kids. You're a very depressed man that you has been very that. obvious. You, saying that. You, t- you talk a lot about it. We told yeah, you to stop I know, talking about it. I don't think that that means that he doesn't have kids. I want to know, when did you start moving your hips like that? Like, we haven't seen you so, with those types of dance moves since Minnesota. Here's the thing. That's just, you know that's not true, JR. We've talked about this. My Uncle Mike is a founding member of the Beach Boys. Moving hips is in my blood, all right? You I'm haven't a, done I'm that a, since Minnesota. That's just not true. You know this. I, I move on the dance floor like I'm surfing, all right? And well, that's okay. all I had to do. I just started surfing out there, use, use my balance and my hips to get in front of the wave that was Steph Curry. K-Dog, I just I want to say my sincerest thank you for, for blacking out and playing great defense on that possession. I, it allowed me to take my shirt off. And become an yeah, internet how do you, meme. How do you already have 
two different bottles of alcohol on you right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. They, I just, and I, I had literally, a feeling. I, I had literally a mean on you. You have poured them on yourself. You didn't even drink them. <laughs> All right. I feel like that was okay. We could live with it. We could live with okay. it. Okay. We'll see All how right. it goes. So now you're Steph Curry. Now you're Steve Kerr. I'm Steph Curry. You're asking me about this possession. Okay. Come in my office real quick. What's up, coach? You guys can't see it, but I'm rubbing my forehead. Like a tension headache it's forming. <laughs> they call you the greatest shooter ever. Even though I shoot 45% for my entire career. I could right now, in this fucking suit that I'm wearing, go out and get around Kevin Love. His uncle is the freaking founder of the Beach Boys, and you let him lock you up. I know, Coach, but I I had to I had to I had to dribble. It wasn't just like a, a catch and shoot situation. I I had to dribble, and I don't know. Did you see the? They switched. It was a. I didn't know they were gonna switch, and so it threw me off. And I I was just trying to get. I was trying to get my my footing, and I really couldn't. You know, he's kind of he's kind of a bigger dude, and. He he's kind of sloppy and lopsided, and when he bumped me, it just kind of knocked me off balance. And I I don't know. I and Draymond was yelling at me the whole time. What was it? I, yeah, because he shot better than you. You should have passed the ball. That's my takeaway right now, Steph. Is that I wish Draymond Green would have shot the ball instead of you. I wish most Bates would have I, shot the ball instead of you. I wanted to pass it. You saw me. I was I wanted to pass it. I was af- I was afraid of. Kevin Love, but Michael I couldn't Jordan see around him. MJ would eat you alive. You are an I, embarrassment, Coach. I I was I was doing what I could. I couldn't don't coach me. I couldn't you see around. You don't, him. you don't deserve to call me coach. You have to earn that. That's fair, Coach. Well, what did I just say? It's been a rough time. I've had a rough night. Yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> uh, can I can I come back next year? I would quite literally lose my job if I said no to you. <laughs> but we're going to get Kevin Durant because I need a better player than you on this team if we're going to win a championship. I'm going to interpret that as taller player. <laughs> All right. In scene. Were those good? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but we wanted to try something new. And this is a place to be creative and express ourselves. I have fun. Did you have fun at least? Yeah. Was it enjoyable? Yeah. Okay. This That's sounds, all that matters. This sounds like high school. All right. Now it's time for the end of the show. Yeah. 20 the seconds last... on the clock. Isaiah. Shot clock turned off. Game clock at eight. He's going to do it himself. Thomas. Shake. Crossover. Step back. Our last segment, 20 seconds on the clock. Why should we care? We've talked now probably much too long about why why we care about this game. But now we're going to put ourselves under some pressure. We get 20 seconds on the clock, and we're going to try to summarize why this game is important. Ready? Yes. And go. You should care, first of all, because this is history, and history is important. They tell you that in school. Learn your history. This is NBA history. You should also care because 
this is a championship game. This is a high energy game. And you're going to, at some point, if you're a sports fan, be in a position to celebrate your team like this. And it's just a, it's a, it's a moment that every sports fan is going to go through. So pay attention. That was bad. Holy yeah, crap. That shot. Rusty. Like, that that Rusty. right there. That was about as bad as Steph Curry's. That was, that uh, was, I was going to say, I was going to say that that was most faith shot at the buzzer. The shot that he does <laughs> in the corner. That's just that Cleveland's already celebrating because they know it doesn't matter. That's what you that just tossed bad. up. I'm rusty. I, okay. I'm James Harden coming in from uh, the strip. Well, I need to say something. Okay. Before you go, get it off your chest. We we've we've kind of been down on Steph Curry. We're. I just want to make it. This clear. is a bad game for him. Great year, bad game. Great year, bad game. But I want to make it clear. Overall, our our the feel for the game position on Steph Curry is that he is. <laughs> this is a pro Steph. Podcast, all right. Yes, we we love Steph Curry. He's my favorite basketball player right now, maybe of all time. And I mean, we're going to talk about him in future episodes. Just don't get it twisted. We are not trash talking Steph Curry. Yeah, he had honestly, a bad game. We're, we're talking really well about LeBron, and like neither of us are really like I like LeBron as the person, but like we're I would say we're like LeBron neutral, right? Like yeah. I enjoy watching uh, him play. I enjoy watching him succeed, but I'm not like cheering for him. What's the meme thing like neutral good or something? Oh, that's that's Whatever. Dungeons and Dragons, bud. Welcome to yeah, my yeah, domain. What's that? Yeah, what's that? He's called? true neutral. True neutral. There we go. Okay. Okay. Twenty seconds on the clock. All right. You should care about this game because of what I mentioned earlier with it being the archetype of a story. Stories touch our lives in every way, and there is something to be said and found and LeBron making a promise to his city and to his people and then delivering against the greatest of odds. Well, that's a whole bar. You just spit a bar. You need to Before, write like, a novel. There's like point the three, there was like 0.4 seconds on the clock right there. Yeah, that's okay. Like, we're under a lengthy review to see how much time is on the clock for the other team to then throw in Mary that isn't going to go in. Somebody's been getting shots up in the offseason. You must have been I listening wish. to J. Cole's offseason early. How dare you? <laughs> Okay, that's it. Let's I don't I don't know how we should end these things, but I'm going to make a suggestion. Okay. Let's end by one like we'll each just share the um thing that we're most excited about in sports right now. Like right, today. Like what are you what are you most excited about in sports? I'm going to go first okay. since I came up with the idea, give you some time to think about it. I'm most we're, it's almost NBA playoff time. Mm -hmm. Like we got this weekend, we got the playoffs coming. And I'm looking forward to it. We might get a LeBron Steph play in game, which play in game is not ideal for those two names, but I'm very excited. And I think that if it happens, uh, it would be really fun to see the Warriors beat uh, the Lakers. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to keep it short and simple. I was going to say I'm excited for the play in games like they're right around the corner here and it's just it's new and unique. I really like it. I know some players are kind of hot and cold on it they were hot last year whenever they weren't a part of it and they're cold on it this year whenever they might it might cost them a playoff spot um but as a fan i love it i think it's really cool to to get to experience a, a playing environment the stakes are high it makes it feel kind of like yeah. college yeah i think it's good for the fans so yeah for sure maybe not great for lebron but good for the fans so. all right well that'll do it for the first episode of season two of feel for the game yeah go follow us on instagram i think it's at feel for the game pod 
Yeah, we'll see you next time when we talk yeah. about Allen Iverson stepping over the head coach of this Cleveland Cavalier team, Tyron Liu. Oh, a throwback, a throwback. Stay tuned for that. Okay, peace out. Love you. This is an Area Code podcast.